One on One, a podcast about the people behind Ronella Cricket, the stories of our club. You're going to see a different side to those you know. Discover the stories that haven't been shared, the men behind the cricketers, the lives that deserve to be documented. This is Ronella One on One, thanks to Down Under Garage Doors. This week, our special guest, Andrew Semple. Yeah, I think um, it was a bit of a shock. I think uh, 85, 86, I was made vice-captain and then the following year I was captain and it just sort of like happened really quick. Mm. I don't think in hindsight it was a good decision for me because I wasn't ready, but I had a crack at it. It wasn't really a great that first year. We didn't make the finals. The next two years we, we lost the semi and the club decided that it was probably not a good decision. So I think they basically said, let's change this. So I just went back to batting. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Ronella One-on-One. So great to have you tuning in. We've already had an overwhelming amount of support after our first chat. This week, we explore one of the great minds of our club. Semps is a life member. He's captained and coached premierships. And after 40-plus years, he's still as committed as ever to perform at his best and help others do the same. He's certainly a stalwart. Let's chat to him now. Andrew Simple, welcome to One on One. Cheers, Sam. Now, mate, how are you going? Of course, we're in the middle of winter. We're jacketed up in here in a <laughs> little office at the club rooms. Um, what have you been uh, doing in your off-season? Uh, just relaxing, uh, enjoying um, local footy, having a kick and a catch um, with um, the youngest son and uh, going out and watching Callum play. And just catching up, we work around home. It's good to get Which some keeps, time away from cricket sometimes and do yeah, those things, isn't it? It does keep um, Debbie a bit happy. <laughs> happy she, wife, happy life. Exactly right. That's the mantra you need to follow. Mm. Of course, staying on that little track there for a moment, football, you absolutely love it. We are just having a chat off air before mm. about footy, and you, that's one of your number one loves, isn't it? You mm. you are full-on football when cricket season's over. Yeah, I do I do love um, what I watch a lot of games. Um on the TV, uh, obviously go and watch Callum play um, for Ronella and uh, always going out and having a kick and a catch with Ben. So, uh, yeah, you know, I love it. Is Cal getting more possessions than uh, he is making runs at cricket? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a glowing endorsement <laughs> there I, by I, the old man. I probably shouldn't, probably shouldn't say too much. He does pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad he'd be pleased to hear that. Yeah. Um, let's just start from your early days. Of course, yeah. everyone listening here to One on One will be interested in your cricketing career and your cricketing yeah. life and yeah. all those sorts of things. So let's get started and dive into your cricket. Of yeah. course, your love for cricket. Where did that all come from? Oh, I suppose um, out with the neighbourhood kids um, when I was younger, obviously, with brothers and um, the neighbourhood kids, we used to have a, a, a hit and a catch all the time. And uh, one of the things we used to do was uh, go down and watch the uh, test match at Adelaide Oval when we were fairly young, um, which was um, quite exciting. And that's, I suppose, somewhere that's where it started. So it doesn't take much to spark a love for cricket. It's funny. It's a funny sport in mm. that sense, isn't it? You yeah. have, a, have a hit with your friends when you're little, and or you watch some heroes on TV. I mean, you would have seen some amazing cricketers play back in your time. Did you have some heroes like uh, a oh. batsman, probably in particular, since you became oh. one? I always, I always liked watching Dougie Walters. He was a bit yeah. laconic and um, <laughs> very talented, but uh, yeah, no, he was a brilliant to watch and had a way about him. What a treat that we have him at our own cricket club now, yeah. though, in 2018. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you? Did your parents and family have a love for cricket as well? Um, oh, brothers and dad did, 
but um, yeah, just basically uh, the brothers. Did you play football as well? Of course, yeah. a lot of kids did that. Yeah, we all we all did the usual thing, you know, like um, uh, footy in the in the winter and cricket in summer. So uh, yeah, played um, all three juniors and um, played a couple of years of senior footy, and then basically gave it away. Lost the passion for it and shut the door on that. Probably shouldn't have shut the door, but did. Oh, so you rate yourself? <laughs> I went back into that corner. Uh, but you, you love the, yeah. the Sturt Footy Club. You've got a massive passion for the Double Blues. Oh, that's yeah. that's yeah. just come from a love of the, them as a kid? Yeah, no, I had a um, one of the neighbours. Um, my dad used to work away. He's a roof tiler and he used to work over on the West Coast mm. a lot. So uh, he used to... Um, take my older brother me and his two oldest lads we used to go down the bay and he used to say you know you're, you're born at the bay mm. go down in your barrack for the bays and I'm like oh we'll go down and have a look I was only very young <laughs> but um we went down and watched um Glenelg play Sturt and uh, my favorite color was blue and and I kept just kept watching all these blokes in blue jumping on these guys shoulders taking these speckies and I said I was sold. <laughs> <laughs> so, when, so when you said you wanted to change, to basically turn football away and you wanted to play cricket, what was the decision behind that? What was your sort of your, oh. your, your thoughts at that at that stage of your life? Oh, I was playing at that time. I was playing A grade cricket and um, just wasn't enjoying the football uh, for one reason or another, and just thought I'll just concentrate on cricket. What was it about cricket at that time? Do you feel was more enjoyable? Oh, I think the the culture of the Renella Cricket Club at that time was pretty strong and pretty good. Um, being around the A grade, it was a good learning for a young kid. Mm-hmm. So um, as opposed to going to the football, you know, I always say to Callan, the time that he's growing and going through Renella now, I'm just so envious of what the club is now as opposed to when I was there. So when, when you talk about playing A grade cricket, of course you had to arrive at Renella at some point. Did you play your juniors here or how, when did you arrive? Yeah, my um, I actually my brother and I went to Flaxmill Primary School, and all our mates played for uh, Morfavale Footy and Cricket, and uh, we wanted to play footy and cricket for um, Morfavale. And mm-hmm. my dad um, was very staunch, and he said, "No, mm-hmm. you'll play for Anella," <laughs> um, which was fine. Um, so we used to walk down Flaxmill Road, and at the time there was used to be Lascox on the corner there, and we used to mm-hmm. sit there, jump on a bus, and come up to Anella. So that would have been. 69, 70. Wow. And then years on, we're, we're still blessed to have you here. It's all thanks to your dad. It's a, it's a blessing, isn't it? <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so um, when you did obviously arrive here, you were probably had plenty of people around you. As you said, in the A grade, it was a great sort of atmosphere for you to bring yourself in through cricket. Were you? Did you have role models and people that you looked up to at that stage of your early years of cricket? Uh, well, I came into the A grade when I was about... 16 and uh, played with um, people like Kimmy Gratz and um, David Green and Des Jolly, uh, who was captain. Um, I'd known Des for a long time, obviously, because I'd been here and two of his sons were my mates, so you'd see him away from cricket. So basically those guys, I think. Do uh, you still hold them as people that were influential to your career or life in any way? Oh, yeah, yeah, they're great <laughs> memories and um, you know, there's been others that have come and gone as well but um definitely now of course we build towards 1987-88 do you remember the significance of that year all those years um 87-88 surely it was a significant one for you. it's it holds truly in your heart 
I might have been captain. Oh, was that was that all that happened? Yeah, uh, can't can't remember. Was oh, there you, something? You're else? either being humble or you're <laughs> you're being genuine here. That you won cricket of the year, um, and not meaning to ski, but that was thirty years ago now. I'm not sure if that can, I mean, bring back too many memories. But that was your first cricketer of the year um, season. Wow. Do, does that do, you don't remember a whole lot from that? It's a long time ago. <laughs> Fair enough. So <laughs> um, clearly, it was a standout for you. Um, that would have been on hard wicket. Um, it's completely different to nowadays. Yeah. Um, the, the the experiences through that period would have uh, would have been uh, completely different to now. Yeah, uh, the players. Some of the players that we played against were brilliant. So the standard was um, was really high. Uh, different cricket, obviously, different surface, but it was still um, fiercely competitive and um, very challenging. Played against some really good players. Played with some really good players. So, yeah, no, it was a great, great time. But um, yeah, going to the turf was definitely something that was um, very good. Now we'll move on to that sort of uh, later on mm. in the chat. But something in regards to the players you were just speaking of, you played against some great players. Were there any notable players that you have uh, come head to head with, which you just uh, always look back at and go, "Gee, they were some great experiences." Ah. Oh playing against people like um, Trevor Powell and um, from Wolfervale and Norlunga and and uh, Peter McPherson from Wolfervale and Norlunga. They're mm-hmm. two great left-arm bowlers. Uh, Paul Kinnear from Hallett Cove was a uh, challenging bowler to face. There's a lot of people back then. You would have had plenty of rivalries back then too because it wasn't exactly a massive association back in those no. years, were there? No. When I first started playing in the A-grade, Kangarilla were a very strong and they'd played in a lot of finals against Ranilla. I think they'd won once and lost a few times, mm-hmm. so um, we had the wood on them a little bit. But uh, rivalry was fierce and it was really good, very competitive. Uh, that was great rivalry. And then um, we managed to have a really strong rivalry with uh, Hallett Cove. Usually in any sport, Andrew, there's every player has their own unique approach to how they perform at the best that they possibly can. Now, did you ever receive any tips or... Um, work out any approaches that sort of stuck with you in order to get you to play at your optimum level? Oh, um, no, just basically watch the ball. I think that's the the main the main thing. If you just keep it simple and just watch the ball, mm-hmm. um, it's just the best thing to do. Yeah, that's, that's obviously something you can take into your approach and anyone can take into their approach mm. you know, now and into the future. Um, was it something that you would say to yourself at any point? Were there things that you sort of would go, I'm out of form right now, I need to bring myself back into form? Were there little things that you ended up just going to? Were there certain particular shots maybe that you even started saying, I need to play that more often? No, just um, every now and then I would just uh, watch the ball, play a little bit late, let the ball come to me, play as late as I could, play straight, those sorts of things, just Mm -hmm. basic, stripping it right back to basics, just that sorts of things. And that's probably the best thing that works mm. and keep it simple as well. Mm. Clearly, your batting stands above everybody else at this club and a lot of others at this club. And because it was just so uh, impressive and you had so much success with it, um, but your captaincy also was very impressive. Speak about some of those days when you were introduced as captain and um, maybe the, 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 the surprise that came with it at first, if you, if mm. you did. Yeah, I think um, it was a bit of a shock. I think, uh, I'm not sure what year it was, whether it was about... 85, 86 was the year after that, I think. Um, I was made vice-captain and then the following year I was captain and it just sort of like happened really quick. Mm. I don't think in hindsight it was a good decision 
for me because I wasn't ready. How old were you? Uh, 24, 25, somewhere around there. So I don't think I was ready, but I had a crack at it. Um, The A grade at that time, I think we'd played in four grand finals in a row and we'd won two and lost two. So we were in a transition, Mm -hmm. older players leaving and whatnot. So it was probably not an ideal time for a young captain to to get a whole heap of young guys and so from that point of view it wasn't really a great that first year we didn't make the finals the next two years we we lost the semi Mm -hmm. and the club decided that it was probably not a good decision because at the time I think I my my batting went backward a little bit Mm -hmm. so I think they basically said let's change this yeah and um they brought in um Steve Harris captain the side so I just went back to batting and how long did that last? Um, oh, until about I had a another stint at captain as about two thousand and two. Okay, so it was a long way afterwards. Yeah, yeah. and so and it's funny you bring this up because it's quite. It sounds very much like how we're going through our our system right now. Mm. And and I, I don't mean to put a negative spin on it, but are there any tips you could perhaps? give to some of the younger because we are losing a lot of older players now and we're having a lot of young ones needing to probably step up Mm. it's a hard one um you know a lot of players when their roles change like if you're if you're in a batting group with experienced players you generally just go out and just push the ball around put them on strike Mm. and all of a sudden when they're not there you feel like you have to fill the void Mm. and i think understanding how you do that is probably a good thing to get that really uh, down pat because um, if you think you have to go out there and play like they did, you'll get out. Yeah. So it's it's understanding that and when you do understand it, that's when you growth. So it's a lot more of a mature thing when... It's it, maturing. Yeah. It's just maturing as a group. So they just need to be patient and, um, you know, key would be to bat all day. Whatever you get, mm. go out and try and defend it. So, and, and you said when you were obviously... You felt a little bit too young. You didn't feel ready. Was that a, a, I mean, mentally you didn't feel like you knew enough about cricket to take the responsibility, or was oh, it just the the maturity that, yourself as a cricketer? Probably a little bit of confidence. I'm not. I'm, I don't have an overconfident personality, so um, I just thought I wasn't quite ready. But it's something that I wanted to do, so I did it. Mm-hmm. Um, in hindsight, I wish I I had uh, stopped for a couple of years and had a go later. Well, I'm glad that you eventually had a go later because it came with uh, plenty of success. But let's first, I want to bring up the, the significant year or two when Rinella did go through that change of transition with the Southern Cricket Association, which we'd been so successful in for such a long time. We entered turf cricket. Now, for you personally, describe your experiences during that transition because I don't know... I don't know many people that didn't think we were ready, but did you think we were ready to make that move? Oh, definitely. Yep. Yeah, definitely. I think it was um, unfortunate. Southern Southern cricket was just on the, the down spiral for a few years and um, standards were pretty low in how some of the clubs behaved. When I stopped playing A grade and I'd gone down and, and decided I was still coaching and decided to play B grade, I experienced firsthand how from the um from the underside coming up what it was like mm. and i could see that it was it was terrible uh, <laughs> and uh it's sort of like hit me and I th- i'm like we really do need to get out of this yeah um 
So after coming back from a B-grade game, mm-hmm. uh, that was the straw. It was a game against Port Nalunga. It was the straw that dro- broke the camel's back. And I basically walked in. The first person I saw was Clint Fox. And I said, I want to put a turf pitch in out there. Yeah. And he's like, let's do it. So you, you can say that you had some sort of involvement in basically getting it started? Oh, well, some involvement, but by no means stretch was it just me. It, it's a, um, it was a committee. The committee of the day was fantastic. Yep. Um, to then go and speak to Des Thompson, who was president at the time, and mm. say, this is what I reckon we should do. And he said, let's do it. And, and aren't we so glad now that we did because it was, it's made a, a massive impact on this club and we've gone so far with it and had plenty of success too. But just prior to, of course, all that happening, you would have won multiple premierships as you did. And maybe, I don't know, was it funny for you to say that oh, we've, we've won all this cricket in this competition and we've done everything we can? Um, have we done it all? Was it, was it sort of that mentality? No, not really. I just think it's, you know, the history of Ranella is they'd played in, in a Mid-South competition gone to southern competition then gone back to a mid-south competition Mm. gone back to a southern competition so for me it was just another turn yep and it was going to be a good turn Mm -hmm. so it was something that we had to do so let's set the scene here 2007 2008 it's the first season for this club on turf and there would have been plenty of players out there feeling a little bit uncomfortable getting used to the conditions of course with the spikes and uh, no mm. longer concrete underfoot, but no one adjusted to that better than you did because in that season, the very first season on turf, you go on to win Cricketer of the Year again, mm. but only for your second time. That's 20 years on from when you first won it. Now, that's remarkable in itself. Mm. How do you explain that for, for everyone listening, that just the way you could transition from one to two and oh, perhaps maybe your best year since... 87, 88. I think from my point of view, I probably got off my bum and got myself fit. So to, so that's the first and foremost thing is I actually put the effort in. Yep. Um, I was still coaching, but I knew that um, I wanted to make a big effort. I didn't know how many years I was going to play, whether I was going to play one, two, mm-hmm. five years, whatever. So I didn't want to waste one. So I thought, well, I'm going to go and get fit. So as soon as cricket season's finished, I started running and I got myself really fit and um, my game did adapt well to turf cricket I'd played turf cricket in rep games and done okay found the surface suitable to my style of play and Mm -hmm. yeah had a good year that's unbelievable how you can go on and 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 make such a a great achievement for yourself after so long I guess you just sort of gotten to the you would have gotten into the routine I'm sure of just it's another year of cricket I'll just turn up and play and have a bit of fun and go back to the bar like many people would but you said to yourself I'm gonna you know, yeah. have, have a crack mm. yeah I really wanted to was that was that difficult to do uh, after so I, many years I don't know why you know it's probably um why didn't I do it every year yeah. you know I look at people like um John Hopkins for say you know brings himself every season he's as fit as a mallee ball yeah you know and he performs every year you know the question would be why didn't i do it every year don't know but i i didn't and uh, but i did that year and i got the result that was um satisfactory but yeah should have done it more <laughs> it's it's easy to to look back and mm. uh, have that sort of vision isn't it mm. um you went on to coach plenty of a grade cricket as well throughout just after that sort of period and um 
I'm sure that was another experience in itself. What did you get out of that? Um, it's it's really challenging to deal with different personalities and different people and different people's expectations and levels and, and whatnot, but um, it's enjoyable. Um, I probably did it for a year or two too long mm-hmm. uh, because it can drain you, but it was really enjoyable. I started coaching when I was doing the – when the boys came through under 13, so uh, – did that with uh, David Green asked me to come out, and that was that was quite challenging to coach your sons because you hear a lot of "I know, Dad, I know, yeah, Dad," yeah. <laughs> which was um, very funny. But um, yeah, no, enjoyed enjoyed that, and and that sort of like um, got me into the senior coaching as well. So did you? I mean, might as well jump on that for a minute. The fact that you got to coach your, your kids was that an enjoyable time for you? That's fantastic. Um, yeah, coached both the boys. Ben played to open the bowling in our under-13s. He was the little tackery, and we, we won a premiership. Oh, fantastic. Which was fantastic. Um, Callan was at Southern Districts and missed that that year. Could have played, but he missed that, and I think within a couple of years coached um, the under-16s and won a premiership with him, so that was that yep. was pretty good. Fantastic. Well, I'll, I'll speak of Cal Simple, of course, your son, who's still playing cricket here at Renella at the moment, but football's his number one priority. But to see him go on and play A-grade cricket here, that must make you really proud. Yeah, definitely. He's a very talented sportsman. He's good at um, footy and cricket, which is really good. So uh, whatever he wants to do, good on him. And um, I'd love to see him play more cricket, but um, it's not the right time. So No, well, you've, I guess you can move on after <laughs> you're 20 and play cricket, can't yeah, you? You've yeah, got to exactly. make the most of your young years. Yeah. Um, did you ever get a chance to play alongside? I'm sure you've had a couple of games with him in the, in the LO um, level. Played played a couple of uh, lower grade games with him. Played a B grade game and um, was quite funny. We played against uh, Fulham at Ranella, yep. and uh, I think I made a duck. <laughs> and one of the Fulham guys is a great great bloke. He said to me, he said um, he was in line watching me, and he said you were staring at your son at the non strikers end, and you didn't even watch the ball, did you? And I said, <laughs> and I said, no, I didn't. <laughs> Got to be in the moment. So yeah, of course. Getting back to what I said earlier, got to watch the ball. You got to get watch, go back to the basics. See, it. you weren't mm. even listening to your own principles, <laughs> and that's the sort of thing that cricket can do. I mean, yeah. you find in uh, a lot of other sports you can't play with your kids. I mean, football, there's no yeah. way you could stand up and play with your kid at, at, at different ages. But cricket's amazing like that, and you can uh, get your younger lad involved at some point, and he's yeah. going to come along. And if he's just as good as you were, yeah. if not better, he's yeah, going to be well, standing exactly. at the non-strikers end. Isn't yeah. that great? Yeah, I mean, it, you, in the messenger I saw just recently, um, a guy that I play cricket against, Jason Peach, and uh, he's played 450 million A-grade games, and his his son's playing with him at the moment. So oh, that's, that's a, a, it's a great buzz. Good on him. It's a fantastic uh, mm. achievement if you can have that happen to you. So I'm sure you've cherished that and will do for the rest mm. of your life. More of Semps in a second, but we're just going to take a moment to listen to one of our upcoming guests who is quite inspirational in many ways, but it's a very sad story indeed. Marcus Williams, one of the most talented players to walk through our doors, speaks to us on one-on-one about a moment which changed his life. I guess the hero of the whole time has been uh, my wife, Kerry. She knew straight away what had happened, um, just some of the things that I'd said. I lost all my feeling down my right side and three quarters of my vision. So I've run into a couple of doorways, didn't feel a thing. Yeah. I guess where where the hero thing it is midnight. Mm. What do I do? Do I call triple zero? Do I? What do I do? I think some people would have just said, "Look, sleep it off, mate. You'll be right." Oh, it's a hassle. Yeah. 
but she knew that she'd get me to the hospital quicker than probably the ambulance would. She took a punt and to this day I believe it was the right one and next minute there was a call and the next minute you know ripping gear off and wheeling me around and sticking things in my arm it was all a bit serious. Marcus is our next guest on one on one so you'll hear that in the next couple of weeks but now thanks to our great partners at Down Under Garage Doors we'll return to our chat with Simps. Uh, overall you've played in A grade, B grade, limited over grades etc etc and won premierships in all of them Mm. now what would you suggest was some of the common factors in these teams that ended up finding success because it takes a special group to go on and win the whole thing yeah just being a group being a a team um the times that we haven't won we've had good players but we haven't been a good team Mm -hmm. and i think if you can build that team a lot of teams that we've played against that beat us, they just look at us and they just go, you guys, you just Renella the way you get together. Mm. And it's it's a um, it's an immeasurable component if you can be a team. Do you think that um, leadership has anything to play in that sort of bringing together of a group? Most definitely, yeah. How much importance would you place on that? Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot, you know. Um, and it's not just the captain, it's the senior players. If there's senior players there, you know, We've had uh, teams where we'd absolutely take the mickey out of each other and people would probably look at us and go, you, you're a rabble. <laughs> but that's us being a team and yeah. we had times where we were like that and uh, we were a really tight team but we'd muck around and we'd win. And it's it's there's a lot of teams right now, especially um, for us with juniors coming through the ranks, mm. where you've got a lot of younger kids as well playing mm. in these grades. Now, you would have played with kids or younger guys in yeah. your in your teams. How do you take them on and get the best out of them as well? It is a hard one. You, you know, I, I remember when I first started playing in the A grade and I was the young 16-year-old and I played with 19, 21, mm-hmm. 23 and you think, you know, it's only like two or three years difference but a 16 to a 19, 20-year-old can be a big difference. Massive. It can be a massive difference. So um, that's where comes back to some of the players that are in that team that they just take ownership and and make them feel welcome and bring them in and and I was lucky that um, that happened to me. I'll jump backwards. You think there's something about a captain that or, or a leadership group or the senior players? There's something about that leaders at the top echelon of a team where um, it filters down. What is it about a captain that really does get the best out of their team? Because it does take a special leader or group of leaders to get the best out of every single one of those blokes on the field. No, I just think um, you need to understand the players in you. They've mm-hmm. put different personalities and some of them uh, need to have a whack. Mm-hmm. Some of them need to have a pat. And if you can understand that, and um, that's key. Mm-hmm. I've experienced that firsthand on... Des Jolly used to walk up to the stumps when he was the A-grade captain. He's wig-keeping. And he'd have uh, Robert Gilbertson or David Green bowling, and they were quite quick. But if he thought they were bowling pies, he'd walk up and he'd stand behind the stumps, and they'd look and they'd go, get back. (laughs) And they'd run in and they'd bounce the ball over his head, and (laughs) and they'd do all sorts. And then you could tell the opposition were like, that's Des Mm. pushing their buttons. And then he'd go back and then they'd start bowling quick. How about that? And I used to think, you're a smart old bugger. <laughs> they would just be in the mid-pitch saying, you silly old so-and-so, bugger off, rah, rah, rah. And he's laughing going, well, bowl now, will you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they did. <laughs> Incredible. Now, 
in amongst all that, who would you say would be the most impressive player? And I'll give you a second to think about it. The most impressive player all round, not just cricketing ability, but person, personality, um, smarts for the game, um, what, whatever you want to throw into that leadership, whatnot. The most impressive player you've played with in your time in cricket because you've you've played alongside plenty of them. It's uh, a hard one. Um, have played with some really good players, a lot of really good players from when I first started. Probably, if I was to to say one, mm-hmm. which is hard, I'd probably say um, John Hopkins. I'd say would probably be the out and out, yeah, all round. It's a great fielder, great bowler, great bat, great bloke, good teammate. Never. I mean, I've I've taken some blinder catches off him. I've taken some dropped some shocking catches off him. Uh, he's never berated anyone I've seen. So he understands good and bad, success and failure. So and so I'd probably say him. But there's been a lot of great players that have come through Renell, and that's why they're such a great club. It is. It is, and you've you've mm-hmm. nailed it. There are. It's not always just one player, but I'd like. To, I always like to know, and I'm going to be doing this throughout this mm-hmm. one-on-one series, finding out those people who um, you just look at and you go, "Wow, they they really do stand out for mm-hmm. for more than one reason." Mm-hmm. And it's not always the stats on paper that suggest no. that sort of thing. And, and I also did. I touched on it earlier. You know, like he presented, he's tried to present his body in the best possible shape to do what he had to do, and. That is something that I wish I had that inner drive to have done, but I didn't. Yeah. And for that, that's another reason that I just think, good on you. Changing tack a slight. Um, Marcus Williams, what a mm. story. Now, he's been a close mate of yours, especially in the most recent years of Velo Cricket. Um, mm. Talk to me a bit about the relationship you guys have because it appears to be really close right now. Yeah. Um, we were teammates from, from Hard Wicket and then he, he went, went away and... Um, eventually came back um obviously um coached him and um then he had his unfortunate um stroke and i remember he came came back out he had obviously had time away Mm -hmm. he came back out and he was batting in the middle order somewhere and struggling and and we were talking and trying a few things and and i remember on the sunday morning i was having breakfast with debbie and i just she said we were talking and uh, uh, I was mentioning about him. She said, well, why don't you ring him? So I rang him and I just we had a bit of a chat about how he went and he was down and depressed about a few things. Yeah. And I said to him, I said, well, how about you go back to opening the batting and I'll open the batting with you and we'll work on a few things. Yeah. Because at the time I was just, I think I was cooked as far as coaching. Mm-hmm. I'd done it for 12 or 13 years. I just had enough, uh, couldn't do it. And it wasn't the sort of thing that you want to keep doing and not do very well or yeah. not put the effort in. So it's not fair. So um, I basically stepped away from the coaching and just went out and opened the batting. So I hadn't played for about four years. So that was a bit of a challenge. And but what do you think you guys benefited out of that? Do you think it was an immediate effect or did it work over time? Oh, I think... Um, it's gradual. I mean, I think um, Marcus has, um, and I can't speak for Marcus, but from my my observations, I think he's um, fantastic. The way he's um, developed his cricketing work ethic and um, how he's worked on his game, he's he's um, 
when when he goes out and bats, now they've bowled to him. Mm-hmm. He walks out and they have guys on the boundary in his favourite shots. Mm-hmm. And I said to him, I said, well, you need to move that fielder from there to there. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, how am I going to do that? And I said, well, you're going to do it by playing this shot. Yeah. And, you know, I can't play that shot. Well, we'll practice it. So we practiced it. And we practiced a lot of shots and, and he YouTubes a lot of stuff and, and he gets better because he puts the effort in. It's phenomenal effort. And, um, you know, he's a champion. I've noticed the amount of hours you guys spend in those nets and the amount of time I've noticed uh, even off-season, maybe a few years back, where there would be uh, indoor net sessions and stuff Mm. as well where just constant hours in the nets and constant Mm. practice. And I can't imagine the amount of payoff that comes with that. Oh, it's it's been um, it's been very you know like the LOs we've gone from LA four to LA three to LA two and it's been the, every jump is a jump in um, the class of players that you play against at the pointy end um, get a little bit better every time and it's it's been um, very enjoyable very enjoyable you've uh, you've been around the club for many years and we've won plenty of awards but as you were saying before is something about Ranella we're all just good blokes and we all play together in a good spirit and of course you were present at the ATC Awards when we got to accept the honour of being named Club of the Year in 2015-16 and then again of course 16-17 the year after that but also the Spirit of Cricket Award. Now there must have been some very proud emotions that night for you Mm. as someone who's a stalwart of the club has been here Mm. for forever and a day and can accept those sort of awards. Most definitely I, I always think you know like we we play the game hard, but we play the game in the right spirit. We we aspire to play it in the right spirit. And um, that's one thing, you know, every time that I've rolled out in the ATCA games, a lot of teams have said exactly that, that you guys, you know, you always play the game in the right spirit. And it's like, that's what we try and do. Mm. Uh, you do have times where personalities hit and it doesn't become a good day. But uh, in general terms, we try and play the game in the right spirit. And uh, to be acknowledged... Yeah, that's fantastic and um, a huge credit to the guys that play in the A grade and um, massive congratulations to uh, Richard as the captain. He he drove that after, um, obviously, Hoppy as well. So it's a, it's a fantastic achievement and I think it just would have capped off, you know, something brilliant for you mm. to see the club finally be recognised for something like that too. Yeah, oh, I've... You know, you, you have you have conversations with people from Saka and they talk about Ranella Cricket Club and how high it's it's um it's held in cricket. So um not too many clubs have won it twice. Yeah. Um we've won it three, three times in a row, which is fantastic and um it's a massive credit to Richard and um the boys and the team. And also to people like um Michael Heena. Mm-hmm. And Michael Heena is the face of the Ranella Cricket Club as soon as he um as soon as some of the guys roll up, you'll be out there doing your warm-ups and he'll be meeting and greeting. And um, I'm sure um, you know that's another component of why Ranella's so good. That's such a great point. I'm glad you've mentioned that. That's worth throwing in there as well. It does add to uh, our, our great reputation that we do have. Now, mm. I've got to keep moving on. And this is one that I'm sure you either will love to talk about or not want to talk that much about. Mm. But your wife, Debbie. Uh, what a role she has played at this yeah. club. Um, she is a cornerstone to this club's operation, has been for so many years. Um, the mother of your children, the wife, the love of your life. Mm. Um, has she surprised you with the amount of involvement she's had at this club and the support she's had for you? Oh, 
Not so much the support, no. I mean, in the <laughs> <laughs> not the surprise of the support. The support's been. She's always a very supportive yeah. uh, lady, so um, that doesn't surprise me. But um, yeah, we've been together for a long time, and and uh, I can remember going to Hallett Cove Oval before the club was built at Hallett Cove, and I drove my Monaro up the the mound, mm-hmm. and I parked it with the handbrake on, yeah. and uh, walked out to bat, and she put the seat down, fell asleep, and I walked off at the end of the day, walked past, she was still there asleep. Oh. So, um, <laughs> Good on your death. <laughs> <laughs> but um, she's, been, um, she's been fantastic and uh, she's, she sort of like wasn't a great cricket person at the start of it, mm. but uh, she obviously realised that I wasn't going to budge. Mm. And in the end she thought, bugger it, I'm in. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get on the committee yep. and start doing social stuff and – Someone obviously realised that she was good and thought, well, how would you like to do this? And next thing you know, she's treasurer and she's been treasurer for 14 years or something. Quite yeah. remarkable. And, and so you're saying she didn't really have that much of a sporting bone in her body prior to, prior to you? Ah, she was good at athletics. Yep. She was good at athletics. She played netball. I used to go and score for her and my sister mm-hmm. so, and her girlfriend. So uh, she's good at netball. But, um, yeah, come out and watch cricket and... You know, many a times she'd be asleep in the car. It's a tough game to, to, to want to come out and watch. Yeah, I, understand I just can't understand how people can't watch it for <laughs> six or eight hours, you know, in the sun. Exactly. I mean, what else would you want to do with your Saturday? <laughs> um, you've obviously involved yourself at the club for so long, Andrew. What's kept you wanting to stay a part of Renella all this time? Um, just love the environment, love the people. Um you know, so I'm getting older. It's getting harder, but uh, I still love. I still love. Still love the game. Mm-hmm. I still love playing the game. Uh, I can't do it anywhere near as well as what I used to, but I still love it. I love helping people that want to be helped. So I'm a year by year proposition at the moment. But it, uh, the year by year contract, the, sort of <laughs> the Sean Burgoyne of the world, exactly. Just keep on signing them. And I mean, I'm just going to throw this at you right now, completely ad hoc. How many years do you reckon you reckon you've got left? got no idea um have you got a bit of a i mean you haven't you just said you want to go year by year but do you reckon you could say you had a bit of a goal would you like to still be playing in two years and then say let's wrap it up or ah uh, i think if i if i could get to another three years then i could say i played 50 years at ranella would probably be not a bad number that would be great <laughs> <laughs> mate you've been certainly a, a, a stalwart of this club and mm. certainly will be remembered as one of the greatest all-round individuals that this club has ever had and contributing in so many areas, not just on the field but off it as well. We um, thank you for everything you've contributed to this club and thank you for coming on the, the program. Yeah, no worries, Sam. Appreciate it.